Some of you probably didn't hear that, but I'm just going to run through that a little bit. And then I want to talk a little bit about, and we're going to do some praise and worship. And hopefully it'll be a little bit clearer, a little bit easier for you to understand. And um, I mean, God is so good. I, I, I'm, I just, the number of times that I have got before him and, and expressed praise and worship to him and seen a situation change. Has anybody ever had that happen in here? Praising, praising and worshiping. Now, uh, we're talking about praising and worship. I'm not letting um, praying in tongues be any lesser thing, but we're focused on praise and worship. You understand what I'm saying? Praying in your prayer language is just as important, and I see them working together, and you'll see some of the scripture verses that way today as well. So I'm, I'm going to run through these scripture verses that we talked about last week. So if you didn't write them down and you were here, you have the opportunity to do them. And I'm probably not going to have you turn to all of them because we've got some others to, to, to cover. But Psalms 122.1 is to have an attitude of excitement about coming to the house of the Lord. An attitude of excitement about coming to the house of the Lord. Do you know there are countries? There are countries where they can't come to the house of the Lord. I mean, thank God we have the opportunity to still do that. I mean, I think the enemy has tried to thwart that, but we have the opportunity to still do that because there's still ch- some of the church that is walking as the church. And um, praise God for that. Psalm 104 is make a joyful noise. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. That's what we do when we get here. We have a thankful heart. And we want to praise him for that. Amen? Okay. And then Psalm 22, 3. This is one of their, I think there's three places, but that's one of them that's obvious. God inhabits our praises. And if he inhabits our praises, what has to leave? Darkness. So if he, if he inhabits our praises, sickness has to leave. If he inhabits our praises, Poverty has to leave. If he inhabits our praises, he is for us. You guys understand that? He is for us. He's not against us. And he's made a path in everything, every way, every situation, every opportunity. There is a path of escape. He's got a way out. I didn't look up that scripture verse. He's talking to you about that. So, but um, I can get it, get it for you. But he has a way of escape out of every situation. Every situation. Isn't that amazing that he knows how to get out of it? Even if you got into it, he knows how to get you out of it. Amen. Amen? He does. Of course, you need to repent and ask him to forgive you. But he has a way of escape. I, and, and that in and of itself is miraculous in what he has done for us on the death, burial, and resurrection. What he's done on the cross. Amen? Amen. Miraculous. Miraculous. Okay, then Psalm 42, we talked about last week, uh, to praise no matter what's going on. To praise and give him glory no matter what's going on. And and I understand, I mean, that, that has taken me a time to get that to function right away in my life. So many times we've got the trees, the forest, the circumstances wanting to swallow us up. But if you can just... Get your hands up and praise the Lord because of who he is. He's going to swoop in and deal with the situation that's going on. If you can just get your hands up, 
And the quicker you can do that, the quicker he'll move in it. But see, all of it comes down to a heart, a heart of knowing who he is, a heart of knowing what he's done for you, a heart of gratefulness and thankfulness and praise towards him. All of that is contingent on that. And that's what we have to have Sunday morning is a heart of gratefulness, a heart that loves him. And then, and then you know what happens when that, when that happens? When we start expressing that to him, we're drawn nigh to him. And what does he do? He draws nigh to us. So we minister to him and he ministers to us. Have you been in a service when that's happened? It should be happening on a regular basis. You know, when I, when I minister to people, that's because I hear God's wanting to minister to them. So sometimes I lay hands on. Sometimes he's ministering to you and I'm not instructed to do that. Sometimes he's ministering love, you know, and I'll have you, I'll have you, um, receive that love or whatever he's doing at that point in time. So he's wanting to minister to you, but you got to minister to him. You draw nigh to him and he'll draw nigh to you. I think maybe, <laughs> well, look at that scripture verse, I believe. Let's see. Um, I think it's James. Am I right, guys? Anybody know that for sure? James four, James four. Let's look at that, please. Um, it is so important to bring a change in a situation. James 4, 8. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. That's not a question. Is he going to draw near to you? That's, there's no question there. It's a, it's, a, it's a statement. It's a scripture verse. It's his word and he says, I will draw near to you. You draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. But if you don't have time for him, he's not got an avenue to come in and do that. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah, it says draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Draw near to him and he'll draw near to you. He wants to draw near to you. He wants to minister to you. And so... You know, worship basically, I, I, I know that God in, basically we should do, be doing our own personal, our own personal worship time at home, prayer and worship. And that's what we're doing on Wednesday nights. We're establishing more of a personal, a personal prayer time and it, and worship time. And it's up here and there's a, a time of music and fellowship with the Lord. And that's, that's what we're encouraging to happen because if you're doing that at home, you're going to come here and you're going to be ready to go. You're going to be on fire and you can't help it but worship the Lord. You know what I'm saying? Because it's really important. If we want God to come in here, I mean, God is in us, yes. But we want the manifestation of power. We want manifestation of his light, his presence. You know, manifesting here so that miracles happen. And you know when that's happening, when that presence is here, it doesn't make any difference if there's somebody across town God's going to get them and bring him, bring him in. Amen. He wants to bring them into a church that's worshiping him, into a church that his presence is welcome to be in. Does that make sense? Yeah. I've seen, I've seen that before, you know, when the Lord will do that. And it's really, it's really important just in, in sharing the word, you know, and you know it's his word that you're sharing. 
I've seen people just come in. I have never seen them before, but they'll come in and sit down because he wants them to hear the word. He knows about us. He knows what we're doing and he knows where we're going to go. And so right now we're really trying to get everybody here to have their personal prayer time and personal worship time. Personal. We don't do the personal worship when we get to church. We're here to worship together corporately to bring his presence into manifestation. Personal prayer time is between you and him. Personal worship is between you and him. And that's what we're trying to accomplish. See that, that personal worship time, which we're focusing on, but either one, but personal worship time, you get into his presence. And remember I said darkness flees. You get into his presence and the things that are ugly on you are going to be revealed. Now, he's not going to make an open show. I mean, you come here Wednesday night to worship him. He's not going to cause me to go over and say, get rid of this, get rid of this, get rid of it. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's between him and you. He's going to nudge you. He's going to tell you, hey, if you get rid of this, you're going to have more light, more power working through me. And that's what I want. I want more of that. Like we just saying, we want more of that flowing through us. But do you know, like I've, I've shared before, if you've got a faucet and you only turn it half on, you're only going to get half the power, half the life flowing through it. But if you get rid of the junk that's plugging the faucet, you're going to get a full load of power and a full load of life and whatever else needs to come out. <laughs> Amen? Amen. So that's so important that we have that personal worship time with the Lord, personal worship time. It's you and him, and he's telling you what you need to change in your life. You know, I no more got in the door this morning and I started worshiping him. Okay, Lord, I'm sorry. I repent for that. I'll take care of that. I mean, that's what the presence of the Lord does. To bring us such a conviction upon you that you want to be so pure and to be in his presence, you want to be right. You know what I mean? You want to be right with the Lord. And that's why it's important to have that personal time as well as church time, you know, and... um but but deal with it. If he reveals something to you, deal with it right away. Get rid of it. So you've got a full full flow coming out of the faucet. Amen? Okay, so, um, so anyway, draw near to him and he'll draw near to you. Let's look at, let's just go ahead and look at Acts 16. I think I knew before I got out here we were going to jump all over. And uh, I try to keep it in order, but he doesn't pay any attention to me. Anyway, Acts 16. Um, most of you will know this, but we're going to focus on, um, we're going to focus specifically, specifically, um, on what Paul and Silas did. Now I want you to understand in, in chapter 13, they were, they were ministering and fasting and seeking the Lord. And then they were set apart. Hands were laid on them. They were set apart. So Paul was involved in that one. And Paul was involved here. Uh, you know, because he cast out that demon out of that girl, the little girl. And then the the city was basically in an uproar because she was their go-to to tell him what to do and what not to do, supposedly. Anyway, that's my version of it. So let's look at verse um, 22. And the crowd rose up together. I'm in chapter 16. Did I say that? And the crowd rose up together against them. And the chief magistrates tore their robes off them and proceeded to order them to be beaten with rods. 
And when they had inflicted many blows upon them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to guard them securely. And, and he, and he, having received such a command, he receives that command. And of course, you know this, that if he did, if they did get away, the jailer was dead. They, they would kill him and whoever was uh, guarding the jail. And so, um, and so in verse 24, and he having received such a command threw them into the inner prison and fastened their feet into the stocks. And about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns, worshiping, singing hymns of praise to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. So the two things that Paul and Silas were doing were what? And singing hymns or singing praise. And what time of night was that? Midnight. I know it says midnight and it probably was midnight, but you know, I'm sure if they'd been beaten by rods, rods, they were hurting and they couldn't move, period. And, you know, just because their feet were in stocks, they couldn't move. But what did they have presence of mind to do? What did they do? Pray and praise. And you guys aren't even in close to any situation like that. I mean, really, you're not dealing with anything like that. No situation that way. And yet, if you are born again and you have a heart for God, you should even want to praise him even more. You see what I'm saying? And not wait till you get in a tough situation. Because remember, I've told you that he orders your steps. The steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. Well, wouldn't you want to stay in a right standing position all the time? Praise is one of the avenues where you can hear from the Lord and know whether you need to repent or do something about it. Prayer is another one, but we're focusing on praise. So if you're not in a right standing position and you come in and you start trying to praise, I've done this myself and I could not praise. I, I wanted to just stand and cry in the presence of the Lord. Finally, I realized I had missed it and I knew where I had missed it. So I asked the Lord to forgive me and repent. And I right away was, was able to praise and worship him with no hindrance between me and him. And I drew nigh to him and he drew nigh to me and ministered healing and life and wholeness to me at that point in time. So if you want to be in a right standing position, in a righteous position, then get into the presence of the Lord and find out. Amen. The steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. And we want our steps ordered. I do. Anybody else want their steps ordered? They want to know exactly what their steps are and what God's doing, what God does, what God wants to do. And I need to get in line with that. And if I'm not in line with that because I'm in sin, then I need to straighten up. I need to get someplace where I'm going to hear what God's telling me. I'm doing wrong. Amen. 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 Life life is always a victory. There's always a victory in life. Is that I, I don't know if I'm saying that quite right, but we can have a victory in our life all the time. You know, years ago I used to hear that and I'm going, yeah, right, you know, but there's this going on, this going on. How do you have you know, but I've in my walk with the Lord, my walk with the Lord, I've been able to see that. You know, when things get icky, I gotta get busy. You know, when it gets icky, and I need to get busy before it gets icky, you know what I mean? We need to get busy and deal with the things that are icky. <laughs> 
we need to do that and let's, and and just worship him and praise him because he is in charge amen he is in charge of our lives and as long as we surrender to his lordship we have the victory is that right is that right because he has made a way of escape every time or just part of the time all the time, yeah. I, I was at the the meeting that I told you about with uh, um, David Barton and Chad Conley, who is in charge of Faith Wins, and they were they were opening up. They were saying God is good, and you were supposed to respond all the time. And then they'd say all the time, and then we respond God is good. You know, it's just a, it's a mindset, but it's a good mindset. God is good. All the time, God is good. Yeah, and that was such a uh, a good meeting. I'll just share a little bit about it. And it is, that meeting is not on YouTube, but they were in Des Moines, they were in Cedar Rapids, and then they were going to the Quad Cities. So the one for the Quad Cities is on YouTube. They, I was trying to look at a number of them, but the, the Quad City one was a little bit different, but it was really good as well. And so I watched them all. But I, I did not know... Even the number of years ago that I was in school, <laughs> which is quite a few now, I never learned any of the stuff that he shared in the meetings. So I would encourage you, it's, uh, rest, um, let's see, what's that? I wrote it down so I could tell you. Um, American Restoration with David Barton. And the one that I listened to was Calvary Church. And um, you can watch it, I'm saying, on YouTube. And so it's it's really, really excellent. And learning what our history is and where it has really come from. And it's come from, um, it's come from a place, the church. It's come from the church. And they talked about in the very beginning when they were battling the, the, um, England, that the first battle, the, the pastor, he, he took his, church people out and they they lost big but they started it and then the next town it was the pastor and that church because there was no nothing else to do but take the church out and so they started gaining ground and so then England become um, bothered about how well the church was doing but they did also zero in on the pastors and the pastors because they were leading they were leading um these people to deal with it you know they went by there was so much scripture verse but you you don't fire the first shot so they always waited for the first shot scripturally that's that's biblical so then they once they fired the first shot then they had the right to fire and so it was really it was really just amazing and he talked no kidding, faster than me. So <laughs> he was very fast in talking. And the lady I was sitting next to, she said, he's talking real fast. I said, well, that's the anointing. And I understand that, you know. So he was really talking really fast. And the other thing that they, you know, they gave a lot of stats out. But um, the biggest one is the evangelical vote that is not happening. And, and he also said the number of people that are not reading their Bibles, I believe it's 9%. Nine percent, nine percent, I believe, of the church is not reading their Bibles. So he was sharing, sharing that. But he also said that. So they have they encourage people to memorize a scripture verse a week and to read their Bibles. So I'm just passing that information on. And uh, I, I, I can probably come up with a scripture verse if you want to start doing that. And what we'll just do the doer of the word one, James one twenty two. 
if you want to memorize that this week. It's up to you. There is no test next week to see if you did. I'm not going to do that. With the kids downstairs, I used to do that. And then they got a star. They got points if they had their scripture verse memorized. Anyway, back to Paul and Silas. Did they, did they escape? Not at first. No, but they did, didn't they? Okay, let's read that again. But almost, almost, but about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly, I don't know what King James says there. Is it suddenly there as well? And suddenly there came a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison house were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were unfastened. And when the jailer had been roused out of sleep and had seen the prison doors opened, he drew his sword and he was going to kill himself. Supposing that the prisoners had escaped, but not one of them did. They stayed there. But Paul cried out with a loud voice saying, do yourself no harm for we are all here. And he called, he called for lights and rushed in and trembling with fear. He fell down before Paul and Silas. And of course, then he wanted to know what we could do to be saved him and his household. And which is an awesome, awesome story, you know, because God was put first place in that situation. And see, God says, I'll take care of it. You, you praise me and I'll take care of it. You pray and I'll take care of it. Amen. Okay. So let's look at, um, um, I think we'll go to, I don't think I had this one down now, but, um, so they ministered to the Lord. How do you minister to the Lord? How do we minister to the Lord? Pray, mm-hmm. worship, praise, minister to the minister to the Lord. That's what they did. They ministered to the Lord, and we, as the body of Christ, we ministered to the Lord on Sunday mornings. But in our own prayer, personal prayer time and worship time, we minister to the Lord. So. So we draw nigh to him and he draws nigh to us. We minister to him and he ministers to us. Correct? Okay. So, um, and so we, we, and let's, let's look, let's stay in James. Let's see. Um, let's go to Matthew, I believe. Matthew. This is another, um, I think I told you, did I tell you, uh, James one twenty two to that would be the one to memorize, not and and I think that's the one I wanted to tell you was to be a doer of the word, not just a hearer only. So so we sometimes on Sunday mornings we hear the word, but we forget to go do it then when we get home or when we leave this place. And I've always I've always been real quick to when I hear something that registers on the inside of me, I'm really quick to put that to practice. And, and to be a doer of it. But let's look at Matthew 7, please. Matthew 7. Matthew 7, 26 and 27. And everyone who hears these words of mine, this is Jesus talking, and does not act upon them will be like a foolish man who built his house upon the sand. And what happened to that house? Verse 27, and the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and burst against that house and it fell and great was its fall. 
So, so I, the Lord now is stepping up and wanting to encourage you not to only be a hearer, but a doer of the word so that your house doesn't fall. And that's why I was just saying a little bit ago, so that when you come into a place of calamity, you know what to do in the place of calamity because God has the way of escape. But if you don't take time with him, how are you going to hear what that way of escape is? Most of the time we flounder around like a fish out of water trying to call this person or that person or can you pray for me or can you do this? Can you get that? What about this? What about that? Can you help me? Can you help me? No, call. Okay, I'll call that person. No, I'll better call that person. By the time you're done, you've maybe called 10 people to find out what to do about a situation that God already knew about it before you even had the problem. See, God's a God. He knows all about you before you ever encounter the situation or the problem that you're running into. Amen? He, uh, he already knows all about it. Um, I guess we will go over here. I keep hearing this. So let's go over to um, Second Chronicles, please. If I go too fast, I'll flip right by it here. And this is about Jehoshaphat, verse, uh, chapter 20. Chapter 20, Jehoshaphat. And it's been a while since I've taught on Jehoshaphat. But right in the beginning, you'll see how quick he was to do what I was just talking about. Um, Okay, we can just start with, well, we'll just start with one. Now, it came about after this that the sons of Moab and the sons of Ammon, together with some of the men... Meunites came to make war against Jehoshaphat. Now, how many of you have had a situation recently that wanted to war against you? (laughs) Whether it's your finances or whether it's somebody talking about you behind your back. That's making war against you, isn't it? Maybe you uh, hit a car (laughs) or maybe you've been dealing with a a cold or, or sinuses or whatever. Okay, so... So just see that as uh, as uh, a war, your war. Then verse 2, Then some came and reported to Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is out of Aram, and behold, they are in Hazan tomorrow. That is in Gedai. <laughs> okay, yeah. Anyway, so so you know the situation that you may be dealing with? It can be so big just like this great multitude, it can look big. And the more you look at the situation and don't do anything with it, the bigger it's going to become. Have you experienced that? It's going to look worse and it's going to be bigger than it really is. Because the devil will like to give you a big smoke screen of fear about the situation that you're in. And then, and then just to paralyze you so you won't do anything about it. That's why it's so important to get busy and worship, to practice that right away. Okay, so then Jehoshaphat, let's look at what he did, was afraid and turned his attention to what? To seek the Lord, didn't he? He turned his attention to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. So Judah gathered together to seek help from the Lord. See, they knew where the help was going to come from. They even came from all the cities of Judah to seek the Lord. They came together to do that. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court. And he said, oh, and this is him praying now. 
O Lord, the God of our fathers, art thou not God in the heavens? Art thou not ruler over all the kingdoms of the nations? Proclaiming his greatness, basically. Power and might are in thy hands so that no one can stand against thee. Giving, exalting. He was exalting, exalting that name above the situation that they were in. Didst thou not, O our God, drive out the inhabitants of this land before thy people Israel and give it to the descendants of Abraham, thy friend forever? (laughs) And they lived in it and have built thee a sanctuary there for thy name, saying, Should evil come upon us, the sword or judgment or pestilence or famine, we will stand before this house and before thee, for thy name is in this house, and cry to thee our distress, and thou wilt hear and deliver us. And so they, so he was praying and doing that, and then let's see, um, I think it's over in verse, uh, we'll read 15, and he said, listen to all, listen all Ju- Judah, and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and King Jehoshaphat, this is the, this is the prophet there, Thus says the Lord to you, do not fear or be dismayed because of this great multitude for the battle is not yours, but God's. And so, so then he told them, he, he told them the way of escape. The next few verses are the way of escape, told them what to do, you know. And um, he said, you need not fight. You need not fight in this battle. Station yourselves, stand and see the salvation of the Lord. On your behalf, O Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear. What what does fear do? Paralyzes, opens the door for the enemy, doesn't it? Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out to face them for the Lord's with you. Do we know? Do we know that the Lord is with us? Do we know that? Do you, you, you answer that question on the inside of you. Do you know? That God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit are resident within you. Do you know that? Do you know that you're confident in the fact that he can make a way of escape when there doesn't even look like there's any? Are you confident in that? Do you know that? You answer that. I'm asking the question. I know myself, but do you know? Do you know? Do you know that he's the deliverer? Do you know that he's the healer? Do you know that he loves you? Do you know that? Every time that should have been, yes, I know that. And if you, it, and there's nothing wrong if you have a little uncertainty about that. That's an area then you need to clean up. You need to get that for sure right with the Lord. And that would take reading your word and praying and worshiping. Get those areas right. If you couldn't answer those questions, you need to, you need to get it right. You need to have, because see that area that you couldn't answer, there's no faith there to believe God for it. You understand what I'm saying? And so, so clean it up now when you're, when you're not going to be paralyzed by the enemy's attack. Amen? Okay, so let's see. Um, so I think then they had the instruction. Um, and Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground. And all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Worshiping the Lord. And the Levites from the sons of the um, Kohites and of the sons of the Korahites stood up to praise the Lord, God of Israel, with a very loud voice. And, of course, they continued the praise as they went out the next day. And that's what released the, the Lord to um, bring the manifestation 
of a change in that situation. Amen? So it's, so it's really important to, uh, to uh, spend time praising the Lord um, and, and that personal relationship with him. So I, what I'd like to do, I mean, we're not getting through everything here, but it's, it's, I got a good chunk out and more than what I had down. <laughs> but anyway, I, I want to take this time right now for you personally. You personally, this is for you. Not, not for me, um, although I will do it. But I want you just to, just to pretend there's a circle right around where you're sitting. And it's just you and the Lord. And I want you to take some time to pray, talk to him, talk to him, and, and, and um, worship him, praise him. You know, like we were talking about. And so sometimes, you know, in your prayer language, if you've ever had this shift happen, there's sometimes when you, you, you can pray in your prayer language and you're building yourself up and talking to the Lord. But sometimes there'll be a place where you're talking in your prayer language. And so talk to him. Take time to talk to him. We're going to do that right now. And take time to praise him. I love you, Lord. I love you. Thank you for being with me. Thank you for helping me. Thank you for delivering me. Talk to him. Talk to him. Okay? Just take that time. And and what it will help you do is establish that pattern in your life that is so needful. It's so needful to have. 